Prina nankele ne mongla de brenengele de bababambre gede zekele de brina katolo de bohoya nengle ne mondolo de bozekelea legala da ba le kroto sekele de brina katonde le de bababombro na nengele ne moza legre de gejo kolo de boro kotoskata. Father, we give you praise and glory and honor in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we rejoice that we come before your word tonight humbly and respectfully. Thank you for the privilege to learn, the privilege to be equipped, and the privilege to receive the engrafted word, the privilege to partake of the sincere milk of God's word. I pray for everybody connected to this service that the eyes of their understanding flooded with light, clarity comes through the teaching of God's word. And I decree that veils fall off and everyone, oh God, that is connected to this service around the world, their eyes are flooded with light. And we rejoice that by the end of this service, your people are built up, equipped, edified, and Jesus is glorified. Thank you for answered prayer in Jesus' precious name. And every believer says a powerful amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our faith together. So say these words, I am born of God. I am born of the word. The word of God is my nature i do not struggle to do the word i do the word naturally therefore today i will understand the word of his grace i will be built up by the end of this service i will never be the same never ever be the same again in jesus name and every believer says a powerful amen we want to welcome everybody connected to this service by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and all of you on Aquibom State, different radio stations. Those of you that are connected right now by way of Comfort FM, Excel FM, you know, University of Uyo FM, Inspiration FM, and Radio Aquibom. All of you that are connected by all of these platforms, I'd like you to help us invite a friend, a loved one, a neighbor, reach out to somebody, tell them to hook up to this radio station right now that life is flowing through the airwaves we're going to have an exciting time of the study of god's word tonight social media community say joy to see all of you like we've always done do me the favor again tonight share the broadcast on your page share with all the groups on your page create watch parties drop them a monogram telegram whatsapp groups let's flood the entire blue marble planet with the fragrance of jesus's grace all the house centers around the state and i want to congratulate a number of you house centers that were launched last week and this week in all the different local governments in Aquaibom State. It's a joy to have all of you connected as, you know, one of our house centers within the state to be part of our Bible study. And all the campuses around the world, what a joy to be able to bring you the grace of God tonight. And everybody in the building, we love you guys. Grab your pen, your Bible, your notebook. You can be seated with your sweet smart self as we get into the word of God tonight hallelujah we're examining the subject of cause causes and cousin cause causes and cousin i'd like to read from the book of second timothy chapter 3 verse number 15 and 16 second timothy 3 15 and 16 
And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation, through faith which is in Christ Jesus. 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Notice the word all scripture. All scripture. It refers to two words. Graphe. The word graphe means what is written. Something that is written. Graphe. G-R-A-F-F-E. Something that is written. There's another word I'd like you to take note of in the Greek is the word grammar. Grammar. Grammar is words of what is written. The words. The words. So graphe, written, something that is written. Grammar, the words. Then there's another Greek word is the word pasa. P-A-S-S-A. Pasa means the whole of the scriptures. So if I say all the grammar in scripture will lead you to salvation in Christ Jesus, that will be wrong. Because all the grammar, all the words, cannot lead you to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Because in the grammar, we have words that were spoken by the devil. In the grammar, we have words that were spoken by liars. In the grammar, we even have words that were spoken by angels. So, all the words will not lead you to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So, when we say all scripture, it will mean everything together. Everything together. When you understand the whole of the scriptures, then it is profitable for doctrine. When you understand all of the scriptures, then it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. He is not saying every verse of the scripture will lead you unto salvation through faith which is in Christ. But when you study everything together, pasagraphe, everything together, all scripture, all of it, everything together will arrive at a singular message. When you study everything together in scripture, it will arrive you at a destination and that destination is a singular message. We also said real Bible study is when you read the whole Bible. Because actually I believe every minister of the gospel and every serious believer should read the entire Bible four times every year. That is every three months you should be able to read the whole 66 books. You know, you should be able to read it four times every year as a very serious student of the scriptures. And I'm not talking about selective reading. No, I'm talking about reading everything together. Remember, the scriptures, Paul says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. The word inspiration of God is theonisto. Theonisto. It's spelled as T-H-E-O-P-N-E-U-S-T-O. That means God breathed them out. God inspired the documentation. That is, the documentation of the scriptures was inspired of God. It doesn't mean God inspired everything in the scriptures. It means God inspired the documentation of the scriptures. God did not inspire every word. 
because where the devil spoke and said to Eve, you shall not surely die, it sounds like a faith confession. You shall not surely die, but it was the devil lying to the woman. Now that statement is not inspired of God, but God inspired the writers to document it. So the scriptures, the writing, the documentation of the scriptures are inspired of God. God inspired the graphene. Not every word, but the documentation of the scriptures. Look at Luke chapter 24, verse number 27. Luke chapter 24, verse number 27. Pay attention. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Please observe all the prophets, all the scriptures. Beginning at Moses and all the prophets. He expounded unto them in all the scriptures. Please, that's very important. All the prophets, all the scriptures. So he took them through all the books of the Old Testament. He took them through all the books of the Old Testament. Which means, if I'm going to understand the word, I must go through all the scriptures. I must go through all the scriptures. Now there are two things I want to go through very quickly. Number one, the scriptures interpret itself. The scriptures interpret itself. You know, in the past two days, I have been glued to my TV set. Very glued to my TV set morning, afternoon, even night. Even tonight, when I'm done with the service, I'm going to get back to my TV. I've been watching Fox News. Fox News, because they are trying to confirm their Supreme Court judge in America. And they brought an interesting woman that I have a little dozier on her background. And I wanted to see the kind of interrogation that the American lawmakers were going to make to this woman and how she was going to handle both her critics and those that are going to be speaking for her both the democrats and the republicans and i've been I've, I've, I've had some very exciting time yesterday and today watching just following and just learning a lot from them because i mean we learn from everything so we're able to be efficient wherever we find ourselves and uh, you know what's what's exciting is the woman the woman is not flabbergasted. She, that is what knowledge does. When you have developed enough knowledge on a subject, nobody flabbergasts you. Now, that's not just what got my attention. They asked her certain questions. And her response is that she is an original. And what she means by original is that she is not going to impose her feelings or her personal perceptions or her personal bias to the constitution of the United States, which other people do. She said she is a stickler for the original. That is, she is going to read the law and let the law interpret itself. She said she is going to be very, 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 very committed to the doctrine, the doctrine of the constitution. She's not going to add to anything. She's just going to read the law the way the law is and let the law interpret itself. And then they now asked her, are you going in there to defend Donald Trump? She said, well, of course, you know that you wouldn't want a pundit to be assigned to the court of the United States. 
that no she has not given a promise to anybody to favor anybody's uh, you know personal ambitions she's going in there with a neutral heart neutral mind to interpret the law or to yeah to interpret the law based on what the original interpretation of the law ought to be that got my attention if somebody is going to be a stickler to context a stickler to context in the interpretation of the constitution of a country which was written by men yet she is ready to be a stickler to context allowing pretext and post-text interpret context on a constitution of a country how much more disservice will a preacher of the gospel be doing to the word of god when he tries to make the scripture say what the scripture is not saying and i get flabbergasted with people who always try to make fun of the fact that there's no point for bible interpretation don't try to you know be doing bible in just preach the word of god preach the word of god is like the person who said to me i like bible teaching <laughs> but i don't like doctrine <laughs> some people get angry because of this my laughter father help me not to laugh <laughs> i like bible teaching i don't like doctrine <laughs> i told a friend he said does he understand english <laughs> because bible teaching is doctrine it's doctrine actually what the guy is trying to say to me which many people don't understand is what he wants to tell me is i don't want to preach the content of the bible i want to preach what i want to preach and use the bible to support my position i want to abuse the bible that's what he's trying to say i want to abuse the bible don't 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 put me in a straight jacket to let the scripture interpret itself that's what the guy is trying to say and that's abuse that's that's abuse of scripture now what brought me into all of that is jesus jesus and the way jesus taught the scriptures beginning at moses and all the prophets he didn't say you know i am i come from god i come from heaven therefore i'm going to say what i want to say and it doesn't matter what anybody has said before now no he went through the scriptures beginning at moses and all the prophets he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself that's instructive he never taught anything every time they asked him a question jesus would say have you not read anaginosko have you not read have you not read all right have you not read always making reference to what has been written before he showed up that's so scriptures interpret itself you must need to find out you must read to find out where it has been interpreted and of course you know that the old testament and the new testament and the new testament interprets the old testament the new testament interprets the old testament are you still in the building now remember jesus after all of the beginning at moses and all the prophets he expounded unto them in all the scriptures take note the things concerning himself look at verse 44 and 45 of luke chapter 24 44 and 45 
And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you, while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses, and in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me. In the law of Moses, in the prophets, in the Psalms, if your Bible was mine, I will underline that. Give me verse 45 now. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Now the word, he opened their understanding. The word opened is a strong word in the Greek. It is the Greek word, dinogo, dinogo, D-I-A-N-O-I-G-O. For those making notes, is a Greek word, D-I-A-N-O-I-G-O, dinogo. It means to open something fully. To have a full comprehension. Dinogo. It actually means to open things fully. It's used in the book of Acts chapter 16 verse 14. Acts chapter 16 verse number 14. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. Whose heart the Lord opened, to open fully. That is, when you open it, and there's no other part of it to see after then. That is when you open fully. This study of Jesus with the disciples, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, where he expounded unto them, opened their understanding. That is, he opened their understanding fully. The word dia, D-I-A, means full. Noigo means open. To open fully. That is, all the facts were put together. Their understanding, the word understanding is the Greek word sunemi. Sunemi. S-U-N-E-M-I. S-U-N-E-M-I. Sunemi. It means all the facts were put together. All the facts were put together. So, they could link all the scriptures together and everything made sense. When Jesus began from Moses and all the prophets to expand unto them in all the scriptures, they were able to link everything together and then everything they put together now made sense to them. Because he opened their understanding fully, they could see it clearly. Imagine what he must have said to those who were there with him. He must have gone through the promises. He must have gone through the types and shadows. He must have gone through the prophets and the prophecies. He linked everything together. He linked the types, the shadows, the promises, the prophecies of the prophets. When he linked it together, the book came alive. Their understanding opened to the scriptures. Their hearts was opened. Their thinking changed. Because now they could see in perspective. Their thinking changed. Because now he has put all the facts together. So all the promises, the types, the shadows, the prophecies. Now they could see things from that full perspective. Remember again, 2 Timothy 3 verse 15 and 16 says, And from a child you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. 
for instruction in righteousness now so when he says the scriptures are profitable for teaching the word teaching is the word doctrine the word didascalia teaching doctrine or explanation that will bring you evidence the word reproof is the word evidence that the scriptures when they are well taught and when they are well explained will bring you evidence they are for evidence so jesus must have talked about sin jesus must have talked about the law jesus must have talked about sinners he must have shown them how the characters reflect in the whole picture sometimes the problem we have is when we select some parts of the scriptures to read when we are selective when we select what to read and what not to read for example you read a scripture that says the lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save but your sins have separated you and how many of you remember who said that his name is what isaiah the prophet but then when you read that and you stop there you can get into confusion but when you read all together in the process of reading you will find where the same isaiah now said surely he bore your griefs he carried your sorrows the chastisement of your peace was upon him by his stripes you were healed and then he says all we like sheep have gone astray and it has pleased the lord to put on him the iniquity of us all so now when you read that you now see the redemptive plan of god in delivering us from the things we had put ourselves into so that's holistic it shows you the picture and within that picture you can clearly see the sufferings of christ and the glory that will follow are you still in the building so the answer to the query is within the same book the answer to the query of the prophet is still in the same book you will only see that when you read everything together so jesus is the answer of all the queries of the old testament jesus is the answer of all the queries of the old testament and you won't see jesus in genesis you won't see jesus in genesis you won't see jesus in genesis and i'm repeating because i want you to sink you won't see jesus in genesis but you will see life and light you will see life and light you won't see christ when for example abraham took isaac to mount moriah and on their way to mount moriah abraham said to the servants tarry here and wait for us i and the young lad shall go yonder to worship and we shall come back again to you and as they proceeded on the journey abraham and isaac isaac said to the father i see the sticks i see the wood i see the knife i see the fire where is the lamb and abraham said to isaac the lord shall provide himself himself a lamb the lord shall provide himself a lamb so jesus must have explained to his disciples that that lamb abraham was talking about was himself all right so in genesis light life in abraham's story the lamb is christ you won't see christ but you will see types and shadows and that's why abraham in hebrews chapter 11 verse 17 received received jesus in a figure he received him 
in a figure the only begotten son. He received the only begotten son in a figure and that begotten son was not Isaac but Christ. When he said to Eve, the seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent, she went about trying to produce children. She gave birth to Abel, gave birth to Cain, and she said, the Lord has, has given to me a child of his own. She thought Cain was the seed of the woman that will bruise the head of the serpent. But when Cain killed Abel, she said, no, 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 this cannot be the person that will bring redemption. She went ahead producing more children. She brought Seth, brought forth Enos. It was at the delivery of Enos, it dawned on her that she is not the one that will produce this seed of the woman. And then she gave her, sons, her son a name Enos, which means mortality. Which means now we have come face to face with the reality of our state. We are mortals. We are mortals. So Jesus must have explained all this to his disciples in that Luke 24, 25, 26, 27 lecture that got up to verse 44, 45, 46. And then now, Moses couldn't see that. All Moses saw was the seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent. Alright, so because Moses didn't understand that actually what he was speaking about in Genesis was the incarnation. But as Isaiah showed up as a prophet, Isaiah put it in perspective. He says his name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. So Jesus must have put those facts together for them to see the scriptures. In that 40 days of teaching, these were the things Jesus was putting in perspective. And that is why in Bible studies, in Bible studies, you must see the scriptures as scriptures that interpret themselves. You don't jump into conclusion. In Bible study, you must be patient. If you're in a hurry, you will conclude and apologize all the time. You must be patient. Stop where the Bible stops. Continue where it continues until you arrive at the scriptural conclusion on a subject. That's very important. Now, please pay attention. You must get the meaning of a word in Bible study. Look for the meaning of a word. Number two, the context where the word is used. The context where the word is used. Number three, and the application of the word. Because don't ever forget this, that context is king. Context is king. You must read things in context. You must read things in context. Now remember, we are studying the subject of causes. We are studying the subject of causes. Genesis chapter 3 verse number 14. And you remember, I told you that is where you have what we call the law of first mention. In Bible interpretation. The law of first mention is a law that says that where a word is first mentioned, it carries with it the meaning of the word. Where a word is first mentioned. For example, the first place you find the word light, the word light in the Bible was in the moon and the stars. So we cannot situate light in the moon and the stars. See that we can't situate light there. The first time we found the word darkness in the Bible, it was not used for lack of Nepa. 
Darkness in the Bible was not used for lack of nepa or power holding. And for international audience, it was not used for the, 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 the company that produces electricity for the nation. The first time the word light was used, it was light because of what God said. God said, let there be light. Actually, the original, the Hebrew, I mean the Greek, doesn't say let there be light. The Greek says, God said, here is light. <laughs> here is light. Because God was not creating God. God was not creating God. So he didn't say let there be light. Actually, the original says, God says, here is light. Because light predated creation. Because light is a person. He was saying, here is light. What does he mean? John chapter 1 now explains what he means. John chapter 1 verse 1 to 3. John chapter 1 verse 1 to 3. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Next verse, 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light, here is light. That light is the light of men. So the first thing Moses saw in the story of the Bible in Genesis was he saw Christ as the solution to the sin of man. He saw light. Here is light. In the midst of darkness. And brother Paul giving credence to that in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse number 6. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. So that light in Moses' vision is the presence of Christ. He says in him was light and the light was the life of men. First time you see light is for Jesus. First time also you see causes will be in Genesis chapter 3 verse 14. Read for me Genesis chapter 3 verse 14. First time the word cause appears in the Bible. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Observe that God, you know, how God used the word. God used the word as past tense. Cursed, cursed, cursed. You are cursed. He was telling the serpent. He didn't say, because you have done this, I will curse you. He said, because you have done this, you are already caused. You are already caused. I didn't curse you. He didn't say you will be caused. So the first time the word cause is used, it is used in the past tense. Now, you use a past tense for an event that has happened. So it means it happened before God said it. It happened before God said it. So to know what the cause is, we must find out what happened. What happened that is referred to as the cause. 
What exactly happened? There are two major Hebrew words we you know use for the cause: arar and kualal. Several words, but all of them mean the same thing. It means to send someone out of something. To send someone out of something. That is, he is prevented from entering or he is prevented from getting into or to extricate. That is, he is prevented from entering or he is prevented from getting into or to extricate. Or the word cause means to prevent from getting to. To prevent from getting to. The first thing we said is it has already happened. God didn't bring out the cause. He informed them of an existing curse. That statement was a statement of love. He is speaking the truth to Adam and Eve in love. He is speaking the truth to them in love. Please, that's important. We also saw that it was man's action that brought the cause. Man's action that brought the cause. So God was not pronouncing a cause. God was not pronouncing a cause. So what did man do? What did man do? The understanding of that will be in Romans chapter 5 verse 12. Read for me. Romans chapter 5 verse 12 and 19. Wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. So death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. Verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Death by sin. Then he used the word disobedience. Unpersuadableness. Man refused to be persuaded. Death by sin, the Greek word dear, which means through sin, death. Through sin, death. Or sin brought death. Look at Genesis 2.16. Genesis chapter 2 verse number 16. Read for me. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. Verse 17. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. The word day means time. In the time or the season you eat. You will die. What he's saying is, your eating will bring death. Your eating will bring death. So the moment they ate... They were dead. The moment they ate, they were dead. Look at First Corinthians fifteen twenty-two. First Corinthians fifteen twenty-two. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. As in Adam all die. Now, question: Is death the sin, or is death the result of the sin? The result of the sin. Excellent. So, when Adam was talking in Genesis chapter 3, he had died. When Adam was talking in Genesis chapter 3, 
he had already died. So he was dead but talking. He was dead but walking. He was dead and able to move around. So Jesus now shows up in John chapter 10 verse 10. Read for me John 10 10. Jesus shows up in John 10 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am come that ye might have life. There's nothing like have it more abundantly. You can't have life more abundantly now. So it's a translation matter there. Alright. It means they were dead. It's either you have life or you are dead. There is no life, more life, much more life. <laughs> life is life. Alright. So that's why the word have it is in italics. It says, I am come that you may have life and you are abundant. You might have life and you are abundant. It's not the life that is abundant. You have life and by having that life, you now are abundant. Now, that word, you are abundant, every time Jesus mentions life, he calls it eternal. So the word abundant there will mean eternal. So I am come that you may have life and eternal. So the life there is eternal. So the abundance of the life that Jesus gives is eternal in nature. The abundance of the life that Jesus gives is eternal in nature. Look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 to 3. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 to 3. And you hath he quickened who are dead in trespasses and sins. Read on. Wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So please take note. Life and death refers to nature. Nature. Life is man's nature or death, depending on who is in you. So, life and death does not refer to cease to exist. So, notice. You, please pay attention. You were dead in, I-N, in trespasses and sins. Verse 2. The spirit that now walketh in, in, you were dead in. The spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience. Verse 3 says, You were operating in the lust of the flesh and of the mind. In, 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 in. Verse 4 to 6 says, Raised up together to sit in. In. The word in shows you something. That what he was referring to was hidden in so the sins hid death that is death was hiding in the activity of sin so you won't see death you will only see sin but behind the scenes was death operating 
through the instrument called sin. That death operating is the cause. That death operating is the cause. Because the death is the after effect of the sin. Death by sin. So what we keep seeing is sin, but death is hiding. So we don't see the death because it's spiritual, but we see the sin. And when we see the sin without too much prophecy, we know that anywhere there is the sin, there is the death behind the scenes. We may not see the death with our eyes, but we know that sin always carries with it death. So the cause operates within the parameters of sin and death. So where there is sin, there is a cause. Where there is sin, there is a cause. And the sin we are talking about here is sin as nature. Sin as nature. Please stay with me. Sin as nature. And that nature is hiding death. It was hidden in the error of man. Death was hidden in sins. The real thing making men sin was not seen. See that? So everything was hidden inside. So when God said you are caused, can we say you are dead? Huh? Yes. Yes. Remember, cause means to be taken out. Cause means to prevent from. So, death will be the absence of life. Death will be the absence of life. So, the cause which is death will only function where there is no life. Will only function where there is no life. That's so important. So, death will be the absence of life. Because the cause is to prevent from. So, it means the cause was to prevent life. To prevent life. Because there was a tree of life. But the cause will prevent you from life. Yeah. It will prevent you from life. So death is the separation of a man from God. Death is the separation of man from God. That separation is the cause. Look at 1 Corinthians 15.25. Pay attention. 1 Corinthians 15.25. For he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. He must reign... Until he had put all enemies under his feet. Now, this is one scripture that people want to be who want to corrupt the Bible can use very brutally. He must reign till he has put all his enemies. Hmm. So Paul spells out death. The word enemy is the word ectos in the greek e-c-h-t-o-r-s enemy ectos means a specific enemy or 
a particular enemy or a personal enemy. Someone who is hostile to you and hates you. He says death is an enemy that Jesus came to triumph over. Death is an enemy that Jesus came to triumph over. If you observe, God then could have never used death. If death was an enemy that Jesus came to triumph over, there is no way God, who came in human flesh as Jesus, will be the one using death when he came to triumph over death. Because that's what he came to do. He came to triumph over death. So by identification, pay attention, notice that this is the fulfillment of a prophecy given by David. Psalm 110 verse 1. Psalm 110 verse number 1. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Sit, 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 sit. That's the way it is in the original. Sit, 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 sit. So, he is personalizing the enemy. Personalizing the enemy. And the father is talking to Christ. Sit on my right hand till I make your enemy. Your enemy. He is saying, death is a personal enemy of Christ. Death is a personal enemy of Christ. How did death become an enemy of Christ? Because Christ came on our behalf. So whatever was our enemy by identification became the enemy of Christ. So death is not an enemy of God. But an enemy of God because it's an enemy of man. Death is not an enemy of God. But an enemy of God because it is an enemy of man. So he says clearly that Jesus came to triumph over death. So death is a personal enemy of man. In fact, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 20 calls death principality and power. Put it up for me. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 20. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. 21. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world but also in that which is to come. TKS rule of Bible interpretation there now. Far above all principality, that is power, that is might, that is dominion. It's the same thing. They are not different, different things. The principality is the power, the power is the might. The might is the dominion. So the principality is the power, the might, and the dominion. That's why he said the last enemy. And now when he's talking of principality and power here, he's not talking of the incubus and succubus. Have you heard of incubus and succubus? 
<laughs> you know, uh, I don't know where they got those things from. They said if a man is uh, having affair with women in the dream, he's suffering from incubus. And if a woman finds herself sleeping with men in the dream, she's suffering from sickibus. So, if you're having such things, you need deliverance from incubus and sickibus. <laughs> You know, oh, people are just funny, you know. People are, they want to deliver, for, they want to do deliverance for everything. Don't worry. By the time I finish courses, I will enter deliverance. When we enter deliverance, we will scatter all their bubbles. Everything will dismantle the whole thing for them. They want to deliver everything. They want to deliver leg, deliver waist, deliver back, deliver head, even hair. They want to deliver hair. They want to deliver even food. Even food that you eat. They want to deliver it. If your body scratches you, you need deliverance. If your eye blinks, you need deliverance for the blinking of your eye. They want to deliver everything, including dogs, dogs and cats. You know what I'm talking about? You remember yesterday, one woman asked me to pray for a dog that disturbs her at night. A dog is disturbing you at night. What are you waiting for? <laughs> what are you waiting for? You do everything to keep the dog from coming to where you stay. I mean, it's not a prayer point. It's like somebody said, a cat is always disturbing her in the night. I say, I won't pray. You should know what to do with a cat. How can a cat be? How can I be praying for a cat? You think I'm jobless? <laughs> Father, I pray for that cat. Cat. <laughs> Religion has messed people up. Religion has messed people up. How will you be asking me to pray for cat? If the cat is disturbing you too much, take the cat to an orphanage home. Take and donate the cat to an orphanage home where they have cat orphanage. Leave that in. <laughs> Let us be at peace. There's no scripture that says you and animals must live together in the same room. There's no such scripture. What God has joined together, animal and human beings, let no man put asunder. It does not exist in any Bible, not even vernacular Bible. So if a cat is disturbing you, donate the cat and be free. Am I communicating at all? Yes. Donate the cat. And if it's a rat, for God's sake, for God's sake, what is your pot waiting for? <laughs> You're calling me to be praying for cat and rats. Am I jobless? I'm not jobless. Man. Huh? Amen. I said, Amen. Cats and rats don't have eternal life. So just know what to do with them. <laughs> I will not tell you. <laughs> May God give you understanding. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. They want to deliver everything, including brooms. Everything. You know? And the reason why they do that is to keep people in perpetual bondage. So that everything you have to look for deliverance. And some of the deliverance can take three months, six months. One pastor told me openly, I have put, there's none of my members that is under less than six years of deliverance. He said, because that's the only way I can tie them down. I've told them that their deliverance will take six years. The first two years, there's a program. The second one, there's a program. I told him, just like you're punishing them, you two are being punished. Because you are the one that will do the deliverance. So it's both of you that are suffering. And Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My body is light. Why will I be punishing myself? For what? If Jesus can't keep people, there's no deliverance program that can keep them. It's only Jesus that keeps. And that is why the best job a pastor can do is to take people and hand them over to Jesus. And just stay under Jesus like a junior caretaker. Just be doing whatever Jesus wants him to do around the people. And enjoy his life. You're not the savior of the world. You didn't die for mosquitoes. So why are you trying to feel too much of yourself? 
Bible says not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves. Our sufficiency is of God who also has made us able ministers of the New Testament. Not of the later that kill it, but of the spirit that give it life. Can somebody shout hallelujah? Somebody shout hallelujah. So the enemy of Jesus by implication is the enemy of man. God could never have used a hostile, hating enemy to punish man. There's no way. So the cause is not God's punishment. The cause which is death is sin's dominion. Please take that down. The cause is not God's punishment. The cause which is death is sin's dominion. The cause is the dominion of sin over the sinner. The cause is the dominion of sin over the sinner. It is not the punishment of God. Give me Romans chapter 5 verse 14. Romans 5 14. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. Who is the figure of him that was to come? Did you observe? Death reigned. Death reigned. The dominion. The reign of death from Adam to Moses. So, Adam was dead. Moses was dead. Enoch was dead. Abraham was dead. And death reigned over them. Now, that word reign is also used in Romans 5.17. Read for me Romans chapter 5 verse number 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. So the same way death reigned over those that had not seen after the similitude of Adam's transgression, we that receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, we reign over death and the reign of death. Yeah. We reign over the domain. We ran over the domain of death, which is the cause, which came by sin. We ran over all of them. The believer can't be under a cause. The cause is in the house of the man without Christ. The cause is in the house of the man without Christ. A man that is not born again, a man that is not in Christ, is in sin. Therefore, he is a victim of the cause. That, that's why I say death was hidden in sins. That means there was authority in death. So when he said you are caused, it means you are dead or you are cut off from life. He was speaking the truth in love. Let me tell you the importance of what, was, what God said to them. When he said to them you are dead, he is judging their actions. He is opening the secret of what had happened to them. He is not trying to deal with them. Mm -mm. He is exposing to them the secret of what has happened to them. So, he is stating out what he, God, is going to do. He first of all tells them, you are dead. Of course, that's the first statement of the gospel. You are a sinner. You are a sinner. You are without God. You are lifeless. You are under the curse. That's the first statement of the gospel. Because you cannot pay for your sin. And you cannot pay for yourself. God became a man. Took your place. 
died your debt, paid sin, what you owe sin, and met all the demands of justice on your behalf, and freed you. So your faith in Christ makes you a beneficiary of all that his debt has obtained. That's the gospel. Is that not the gospel? That's the gospel. So what God was speaking to Adam was the gospel. He first of all told them, you are dead. You are dead. Then he discerns what had happened to them. What he was doing was stating the obvious, which is judgment. He is telling them the truth in love. Just like Genesis 2.16. The day you eat of it, you shall surely die. He was stating the obvious to them, speaking the truth to them in love. He is saying to the man, you have eaten of it. And just like I said, you are dead. Just like I told you. The first use of the word cause is used to describe man's state in sin. Man's state in sin. So God was not the one who made things difficult. Things were already difficult. So I must know what God did as different from what God said had happened. I must know what God did as different from what God said had happened. I must know the difference. I must know the difference. I cannot afford to grope in the dark. I must know the difference. Wherefore, as by one man, sin, a sokomai, a foreign object was introduced into the world and death by sin. See that? Let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted of evil. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. And loss, when it has conceived, bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and perfect gift is from above. Coming from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, nor a skier. A skier of turning. He has no shadows. There are no shadows in God. There are no figures of speech. God speaks in plainness, in clarity. Are we in the building? Look at Psalm 107 verse 17. Scripture that the deliverance experts always use. Psalm 107 verse 17. Fools because of their transgression and because of their iniquities are afflicted. They just say it and stop there. Then they start telling you, the reason why you are afflicted is because you are a fool. You are in transgression. You are in sin. That's why you are afflicted. But they do not read the scriptures together. Because now if you look at verse 20 of Psalm 107. We just read 17. Look at verse 20 because of time. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. So man without God is hopeless. So what is God's part in the cause? He brings redemption. The part God plays wherever there is a cause is to bring salvation. God does not cause he sent his word in the midst of their affliction, in the midst of their, you know, sinfulness. God sends his word, which is the power of God, unto salvation. Are we in the building here? 
I give you another scripture quickly. Another scripture, Psalm 107, verse 28. The same Psalm 107, verse 28. Read for me. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distress. The part God plays is to bring them out. He doesn't bring trouble to people. He brings people out of trouble. Read verse 29 and 30 for me. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. God maketh the storms a calm. Give me the next one. The next one. Then are they glad because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired heaven. He bringeth them to their desired heaven. Can you see that God's part in the calamities of men is salvation? That's God's part. He brings them out. He sends his word. Look at Psalm 42 verse 22. Psalms 42 22. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living 42, God. 42, 22. Yes. Read on. Psalm 42, verse 22. I mean, Isaiah 42, 22. Isaiah 42, verse 22. But this is the people robbed and spoiled. They are all of them snared in holes, and they are hidden prison houses. They are for a prey, and none delivereth. For a spoil, and none saith, restore. That scripture is for a people without God. And the part God plays in such situation is to send his word. His word will deliver and his word will bring them out of their destruction. Are you still in the building? Look at Jeremiah 2, 13 and 14. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Verse 14. Is Israel a servant? Is he a home-born slave? Why is he spoiled? Why is he spoiled? Look at verse 17. We're reading it together. Verse 17 now, post-text. Has thou not procured this unto thyself, in that thou hast forsaken the Lord thy God, when he led thee by the way? So whenever people stay in sin, they keep themselves out of God's deliverance. And the part God plays is to introduce his world. His word comes to set free. His word comes to deliver. His word comes to freedom. And that's why the moment you receive Christ, you are totally, permanently, completely free from the cause. You are free from the cause and you are free with, from everything that the cause came with. In Christ Jesus, there is no cause. There is therefore now no condemnation, no crisis, no catacrima. There is no judgment, no condemnation, no guilt, no inferiority complex to those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? The law of the spirit of life in Christ has set me free from the law of sin and death. See that? From the cause. The law of sin and death. I am free from it because I'm in Christ Jesus. Tomorrow and next tomorrow, we shall look at other areas where people curse people, where people speak things over people. We shall examine Deuteronomy 28 and do justice to that scripture quickly and get it out of the way so that you can enjoy all that Christ has made available to you without the devil using any scripture to hoodwink you. We bring light to the scriptures so you can rise forth in the liberty wherewith Christ has set you free and not entangled with the yoke of bondage. Can somebody stand on your feet and shout glory? Amen. 
Father, we pray for everybody under the sound of my voice in this building, on television, in the house centers, campuses, all over the world. We ask that this revelation of the world and the revelation of the liberty and the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus grows big on the inside of the hearts of your people until nothing else matters. In the name of Jesus, barriers terminated. Sickness and disease out in the name of Jesus. Sick bodies be healed. Be healed. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray that your word continues to grow big in this city, in this nation, all over the world. That as the word keeps going forth, men are coming to the knowledge of the truth. Barriers are broken in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the blessing. Thank you for the blessing. Thank you for the blessing that we enjoy in Christ. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says that amen on a note of finality. Glory. Amen. Are you blessed tonight? In another two minutes, I'll be joining Mr. Michael Bush in the other studio where we'll be answering your questions, doctrinal questions, and we'll be responding to your emails on counseling issues of life where you're seeking for the, you know, what is the mind of God? What does the scripture say to do in concerning those situations? And we're going to be dealing with that in another one or two minutes. But just before I go to the other studio, every time we bring you the word of God, it's also an opportunity for you to honor the word with your offerings, honor the word with your givings. We give number one to honor the word of God because we are a people of honor number two we give because it's in our nature to give for the work of God number three we give because it is our responsibility to get the word of God to the nations of the earth that is why we give and every time we teach you the word of God we give you the opportunity to give that you know to give your monies because through your resources the gospel is able to get to people all over the world your money is a vehicle to get the gospel to the people for whom Jesus dies. And it's always a joy, a privilege, and an honor to give our resources for the advancement of God's work. And I want to thank partners and friends who keep giving to this ministry tirelessly. I want to thank you for your labor of love. And remember, God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love. So tonight, I'd like you to package your offerings. Those online and on television, the banking details are scrolling. You can send in your offerings through the TV or I mean through the banking details on TV and on social media. And if you're in an area where there's no account that is relevant to you, shoot a mail right now to Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com. Ask him for an account. We will email you the account that is relevant to your location. But don't forget to indicate where you are reaching out from to us. But we love you and thank you for honoring the word of God and thank you for making your resources an instrument for the gospel. Father, we pray for everybody in this service, those online, those on television, and those in our campuses and house centers around the state. We ask that as your people give today, we give with hearts of joy. And we decree and declare that our offerings are a sweet smell before you. Thank you that through our offerings, many tabernacles are built for God. And I decree forgive us tonight, your needs are met supernaturally according to his riches in glory. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for the blessing tonight. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says that amen on a note of finality. Hallelujah. Hey guys, I will see you at the other studio in a few seconds. But you know we love you guys. and looking forward to answer your questions and phone calls. And respond to all of your meals tonight. And until I see you in the other studio, let's celebrate viewers around the world for being a part of this service tonight. Glory! Amen! That you have been blessed by this message. For these all the messages and books by Dr. Abel Damina. Please call plus 
0800-800-9939 or email powercityoffice at gmail.com. Okay, thank you for staying tuned. It's still Ask the Counselor now. That's part two. They just finished there with um, Global Baba in the studios downstairs, and then we are upstairs here, and Global Baba is just walking into these um, studios. Okay, so let's just um, help you. Uh, you want to take part in the offering that's going on about now, Power City International, that's the account name. There are three banks, um, FCMB, 2982-68-2028-29-82-68-2028-29-82-68-2028-29-82-68-2028-29-82-68-2028-29-82-68-2028-29-82-68-2028-29-82-68-2028-29-82-68-2028-29-82-68-2028-29-82-68-2028-29-
I come to him for what only he supplies. I am come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. He that has the son has life. So why are we in Christ for life? Abel Domino Ministries International presents Righteous Invasion of Truth. Riot live with Dr. Abel Domino. Somebody shall Abba. Theme, curse, curses, cursing, and the concept of deliverance. And ask the counselor with Dr. Abel Domino and Michael Bush. Date 11th October to 15th November 2020. Time Mondays to Saturdays 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. GMT plus one. Sunday 7 a.m. and 11 a.m. services GMT plus one. You can also join the broadcast on Comfort FM 95.1 Uyo 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. daily. XL FM 106.9 Uyo 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. daily. Inspiration FM 105.9 Uyo from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily. And Radio Aquaibo 90.5 Uyo 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. daily. Watch this program live on Kingdom Life Network TV on your strong decoder or my TV. Also visit Abel Damino Facebook handle, Instagram handle, Twitter handle, and YouTube. Host Doctors Abel and Rachel Damino. Okay, I'm just having some feedback that when I took off my glasses, I didn't look good at all. Okay, not to worry, we'll try. That's right. Okay, so Global Baba is here. My name is Michael Bush, producer, Pastor Ignatius Sequere. Complete with the production team, everyone joins me to welcome you to this segment of the program. Help me in a special way welcome Global Baba, Dr. Ebel Damina. The intercontinental Mr. Bush. Mm. Baba, so nice to see Good you. Good to see you again Fantastic. today, man. Fantastic. You were in my thoughts the whole day. I just kept Baba, wondering. Baba, why? I don't know. So I just prayed in yeah, tongues. I, I'm sure. That's I what just I was prayed in to tongues. I, I, I just kept praying in I tongues. I you prayed for me. Yeah, good things are coming. Yeah, good, good, good things are coming. Amen. Yeah. Okay, Global Baba, um, I, I don't know. I'm just still waiting for the studio time. We have a mobile studio time. So the studio time is scrolling now from the... The studio downstairs. We'll get here. We'll get here tonight, and then we'll begin to look at it. Because I'm going to spend the opening three, four, five minutes max on something that is a character trait of global barber, and that um, thing is humility. I, I see that um, to succeed, 
um, in life, especially in ministry, you need to be humble. That's something you have in, I don't know, global about how you manage that, but you have it in so much um, um, quantity. How did you become a humble person? Is that a good question to ask? Will you know? Uh, well, uh, people have said that to me, but I think the only explanation I have for that is when you remember where God brought you from, what you were, what you would have been without God, and you realize that it's all God that has done this for you, you cannot but just remain humble because it's not about you now. Mm. It's about God and what he has done for you. So you don't take the credit. Um, and in fact, sometimes you're even afraid that trying to take any credit to yourself outside of God will, will be a disservice to God's loving kindness, God's faithfulness, and grace over your life. Yeah, Global Papa, I asked that question because it looks to me like it's some, it is some um, ingredient, it's some stuff that you need in ministry. Do, yeah. do you think being humble has helped you in ministry? Yeah, because you see, the Bible says God giveth grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. So pride keeps you out of the environment where you can enjoy the grace of God. So yeah, it's a very important ingredient in me. So you recommend it? You think that every pastor should be humble? Yes, and the humility here is not just bowing down, I'm kneeling sure, down. Sure. It's a heart condition. That one is humility. State. Yes. <laughs> that faith that's, that's true. you find all over the place. That's true. It's a heart condition. You know, it's an understanding that happens to your heart where you know that you are nothing without him. He is your life. You are because he is. And once you realize that, that you're not sufficient of yourself to think anything of yourself, your sufficiency is of God. It just keeps you there. Fantastic. Global Baba, so that we can just um, round this off and then go take, um, we have a truckload of counseling um, entries tonight. I'm going to be taking them in a moment. Yes, Global Baba, as I said, it's one area of your life that really keeps me, really retains me here, keeps me here. And um, that, that's something that you really, really have. And... One way to see that for people who are arguing, apart from your personal relations, um, relationships with your staffers, with people around you, the young people around you, which is just fantastic. Apart from that, the ability to come out at your level to say, no, I made a mistake. Even yesterday you said it. You said, oh, I was also blind. Yeah. To be able to say that takes so much humility. Well, I mean, uh, the intercontinental, if you are blind, you are blind. If you were blind, you were blind. I mean, there are no two ways about it. I was I preached some stupid things. I did some things I'm not proud of. You know, and uh, having seen the light, I'm more grateful that I've seen the light, that it means nothing to me to make reference to where I was because of the graciousness of God to have taken me out of there to where I am today. Do you therefore think, Global Baba, and this is my last question on this before we make progress, that your colleagues, those perhaps who spend more time or less time than you in ministry, who are criticizing you today, because of the route you've taken. Do you think it's because they are not humble? I think some of them because they are not humble and some of them because they are ignorant and some of them because they are trying to protect some sacred cows. That's what I attribute to it. It's one of the three or all of the three, depending on who it is. Sacred cows. Yeah. They're trying to protect them. Yeah. Sacred cows here implies things like 
they don't want us to talk against tithing mm. because they think if you talk against tithing, people will stop giving. They don't want us to talk about things that has to do with control and manipulating people because that gives them the satisfaction for their insecurities and makes them powerful. Mm. So those are the kind of things I'm, I'm so, talking about. So finally on that, um, it would be about the issue of um, um, what you're preaching now, what you're even dwelling on now, curses. Yeah. Uh, that's going to throw some churches closed. Well, if it closes their churches, it means the church was not existing before. Because if the church was existing before, the church will embrace the truth of the gospel. Mm. That the believer in Jesus is not caused, cannot be caused, and does not need to break any cause. Because causes are not sugar cane that you break. You don't break them. You're either under the cause or you're under the blessing. Once you come into Christ, you come into the blessing. And when you're in the blessing, you can never be caused. Even in the Old Testament, Balaam told Balak to cause Israel. I mean, Balak told Balaam. Balaam said, how can I cause a man whom God has blessed? The day you receive Christ, you receive the blessing. You're not under any cause. But of course, there are preachers who that is the only way they can milk people and take advantage of people by pushing what is really not the issue just because of those people's ignorance. And that's why I'm bringing the truth of the gospel because that's the job of the pastor to keep teaching and bringing light in those areas where people can become vulnerable to deception and to being victimized. Okay, so the program with um, 24.5 small minutes since it clocked um, seven at this point of the program. I don't know when they repeat it tomorrow, it would be in some station, it would be since it clocked um, midday, I think so, yeah, midday. Uh, other station will be since it clocked um, two, and other station will be since it clocked four. So you just must understand with us that the program has just about 35 minutes to round off this edition. I'm getting down to counseling entries now. The first one it begins or uh, comes from where we spent last night, and that is River State. Potakot. Hello, Global Baba. I'm into land agency business. It's always failure whenever I'm at the point of connecting with buyers. More so, it's usually one disappointment or the other when people promise to help me financially. This gives me sleepless nights, Global Barber. Please, what is my problem? What is the problem of my business? And could you please help me with prayers? Well, again, when it comes to business, sometimes you hear people talk about business secrets. Every business has its secrets. So if you just got into that business and you're not making a headway in it, two things to do. Number one, look for somebody who is doing well who is making a headway and serve him and ask questions and you, you know serve him and look for how you can be mentored that's the first thing number two if you're in a line of business and you're not making a headway you may have to reconsider maybe you know that line of business you're engaging yourself in has been has been saturated in that society you may have to think about another line of business where there is need because what makes business efficient is when what you are selling or marketing is in demand. If there's no demand for what you're marketing or selling, you're wasting your time. So again, you've got to check those two things. Number one, either you need a mentor, or number two, the line of business you're in, there are better competitors who have saturated the market, and you may need to reconsider another line of business prayerfully. That's my advice. You want a prayer? And by the way, his name is Emmanuel Uchenduwali, right from River State. Father, we pray for Emmanuel Uchenduwali, and we ask that you supernaturally bring him in contact with the needed help that he needs to break even in his line of business. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay, from River State, we come to Akwaibom. We have uh, a counseling entry from Blessing Efion, who 
is in Uyo. He says, thank you, sir, for the good work that God is using you to do in our lives. Global Baba, how do I overcome low self-esteem? It is really affecting me. I find it very difficult to associate with people because I assume nobody likes me. Well, low self-esteem is a product of lack of the revelation of Jesus. It therefore means you're suffering from identity crisis, which brings the low self-esteem, which makes you insecure. Therefore, you isolate and then you release hormones that repels people, not attract them. So what do you do? Number one, the revelation of Jesus. Because it takes the revelation of Jesus to unveil the identity of the believer. You can never know who you are till you know who Jesus is. In knowing who Jesus is, who you are is revealed to you. Just like Jesus said to Peter, who do men say that I am? And Peter and the rest didn't know who he was. Then all of a sudden, Peter desired it and God opened his eyes. And Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to Peter, blessed art thou, Simon Bajona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father. And I say unto you, you are not Simon Bajona. You are Peter. So the change of his identity was a function of him coming face to face with the revelation of Jesus. My advice, keep following the things we teach religiously on this platform. Keep following them seriously and pay attention. As you continue, revelation knowledge will dawn on you and that low self-esteem will break off you and you will begin to enjoy the liberty that you have in Christ Jesus. In seven minutes, I'll take my first round of phone calls and perhaps allow it to run as we did um, on the last edition of the program, allowing it to run until the very end. So from Akwaibum, we're heading to Benue State and Bright writes from Otupo, Benue State and says... Um, I'm a young servant of God, Global Baba. My life has been so challenged, and that has affected my family. I pray for outsiders many times, and they have answers, but it's exactly the opposite in my own home. This makes me look as a joker before my family. I met some prophets who told me the focus of the power in my father's house is on me, since I'm the only person who's a pastor that this is why things are so difficult for me. Please, Global Baba, talk to me freely as a father on what to do to break free. Also, I do not normally get my dreams, and other times I do not understand them at all. You know, this uh, gives me a headache. So I think, first of all, your problem is you are not growing spiritually. Because when you start growing spiritually, the kind of things you're talking about, prophets telling you things like that, those are not going to be things you'll be talking about. Remember, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, he says, He that descended, he said, I ascended up on high. And when he ascended up on high, he gave gifts to men, prophets, evangelists, pastoring, pastors, teachers, uh, I mean, prophets, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastoring, teachers, for the perfecting of the saints to do the work of ministry. If you're not perfected, you can't do the work of the ministry. You'll be tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine the sly and the craftiness of men, which is what you're suffering from. And it's because you have not grown spiritually. You can be in the ministry, but you're not growing spiritually. You can even be in the ministry and you're just a baby Christian. You can even be in the ministry and you're not born again. So put that aside. Let's face the situation. You need to develop, you know, interest and invest time into spiritual growth, which has to do with a lot of teaching, a lot of training, and a lot of equipping of you through the teaching of God's word. So my recommendation... Order for our teaching materials. A lot of it. I've written over 30 books. Order all of them. Sit down with them like a Bible school 
and begin to study and begin to study. Give yourself three to six months of studying. Ask intelligent questions. You will grow and you will be talking about power in your father's house and things like that facing you. You won't be talking about all those kind of things. You'll be talking about how you will now minister the word of God with impact, with power, and with revelation. Fantastic. So we head out from Benuel. We're going across all the way to the southwestern part of the country. And that is Oshun State. Uh, Oshobo is where Reverend Sam Ajala, the man who sent us 70 questions. That's right. Uh, that 70 questions were actually 100 questions. I think we about. finished it. Absolutely. We, <laughs> yeah. we, we, we did in style. Otherwise, we would have written another long one to say, why didn't you read my questions? Yeah. Okay, so Reverend Sam Ajala has written from Oshobo, Oshun State, and it's an opportunity to be counseled. She said, um, Global Baba. Some say that a diligent and committed pastor who is not financially and materially blessed for about 20 years must be under a curse. Is it true? Well, again, we have to define the diligence. You can be a diligent pastor, but you're not even preaching the gospel. Sometimes people have been in the ministry for 40 years without preaching what we call the gospel. So, because you can't be a diligent preacher and teacher of the gospel for 20 years and people call you a failure, it's not possible. And again, what yardstick are they using in measuring failure and success in ministry? Because as far as I'm concerned, it is not the crowd, it is not the car, it is not the house, it is not the number of invitation letters that define ministerial success. Look at what defines ministerial success. Brother Paul will give that to us. I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith, which is the message. And henceforth is laid for me a crown of righteousness. I have fought a good fight. And what is the fight? To defend the message. And because I have defended and preached the integrity of the gospel, it's laid for me a crown of righteousness. That's success in ministry. So you, you may need to redefine and look at that definition of success again to be able to know what ministry ought to be like. Okay, we're trying to sort ourselves out. Um, we have um, two, country, um, two counseling entries, one from South Africa, the other one from the United States, where we need to connect some airport in Nigeria where we can take off. So we try to find our way back to Calabar, across River State. But for the road, my name is Benjamin, doesn't tell us where he's writing from, Global Baba. Thank God for your labor in Christ Jesus. Global Baba, you are not only teaching men to know Christ, but you are also raising and building up future teachers in Christ Jesus. Please, I'm a chronic fornicator. Please counsel me. I do not want to be involved in this anymore. I want to be a Bible student. Please pray for me. We're going to pray for you, but a very good piece of advice. First of all, if you're really struggling with it and you want to be free from this fornication, you've got to, to, to design boundaries. Boundaries for yourself. That's number one. Number two, you've got to get somebody that is spiritual, somebody that is matured to hold you accountable. Go to that person, tell him, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is how I do it. This is how I used to get myself into trouble. Tell him everything. Then he will work out a restoration plan with you where he will help you, hold you accountable. And then lastly, give yourself to the word of God. Where without shall a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed thereunto according to your word. Your word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. So saturate yourself with the teaching of God's word. Then build boundaries for yourself and get a spiritual person to hold you accountable. That will help you break out of that addiction. Okay. Prayer. 
Father, we pray for your son. We break every influence of the enemy over his mind. We free him from the oppression and the suppression of the enemy in that area of fornication. And we ask for freedom in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. In 60 Amen. seconds, I'll be taking your phone calls. But as we do that, let me head to Crossroads States just because I want to connect um, the Calabar airport and travel there from to South Africa. So Akampa, my name is Felix Eyoita. I arrived from Akampa, Crossroads States. Global Baba, I have a land I inherited from my late father. I started building on it, but a wicked man keeps burying talisman in the land. Baba, please, I need counsel and prayers. All right, what my counsel for you is, I have a series on the authority of the believer. The authority of the believer. Order for it, sit down, soak yourself in that teaching. Then stand up and speak to those talisman. They will suddenly lose relevance where you're concerned and they will no more be your problem. Father, we pray right now that every manipulative influence of darkness loses its influence over your son. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Plus 234 806 800 That's the number to call us. I'm ready for you now. Even as I zoom out of uh, Crossover State, indeed Nigeria, to South Africa. Dear Global Baba Damina, Shalom greetings. And to Uncle Michael Bush as well. My family and I are very excited that the live sessions are back. Thank you, Global Baba, for all the labor in ministering the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. My name is Patience from Limpopo, South Africa. My parents are an elderly retired couple, and they always have this understanding when they are given money by their children. My father is of the opinion that they share the money equally with my mother, but my mother is of the opinion that I can't, it cannot be divided into two equal parts since she's the one who will use hers to buy most of the family groceries, and my father will spend his on his personal needs. Since they have this problem, we, the children, have resolved to give our money, our mommy, our mother, some money privately without our father's knowledge, that is. Is there any better way other than this to handle this one? Thank you so much, Global Baba, for the rich teachings and counsel from the Word of God patients in Limpopo, South Africa. Well, I think the decision you guys have arrived at is the best. I mean, you know the family Global well. Global Baba. You know, you know what's going on. best. <laughs> yes. That doesn't you know, look like you know a what? holy decision. <laughs> But, you know, they have already, they have already diagnosed sure, the problem. Your mother is responsible for all groceries mm. and everything. Mm. So there's no way you can give her money for herself because she uses it for groceries. Mm. So you give her money for herself, then you give her money for groceries, and you give your father whatever is left. It makes more sense. Bro, Baba, yes. why do we men prefer our mother to our father? Well, because mothers bear the responsibility of everybody, including the father. So, Global Baba, there are three girls, they prefer mama to you. Yes, because... You're, you're, you're safe with that, yeah. Yes, I'm comfortable <laughs> with that. <laughs> they are four to one. Oh, Mr. No. Bush, I'm sorry. Absolutely. Four of them to one man. And Baba, you know they can decide any man. They sit down and they just tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> but they're okay. very, very wonderful. Absolutely. So, we go to the United States next and we have a very lengthy, something lengthy, but I'll try and see how we can make it quickly for you. Dear Dr. Abel Damina, Intercontinental Mr. Michael Bush, I humbly write to request clarity on this subject matter. In the local church I attend, we do have vigil every Friday. So on one of the occasions during prayer time, the pastor mentioned that we should be still and focused in the presence of the Lord, that someone here today will receive a word from the Lord. 
Suddenly, a lady among us started speaking in tongues and saying, I am the Lord. That we should seek him more, worship him more, love him more, and so on. She was also giving us instructions and speaking in tongues in between. Another time during the vigil, while prayer session was going on, a young girl of about 11 fell under the anointing. And uh, when the spirit fell on this um, quiet girl, she took over the service and started ministering to each individual and also giving different instructions to each person. Unlike the first lady, she wasn't um, speaking in tongues. She was filled with the spirit of boldness. By the time she wanted to conclude, she also emphasized that we saved and loved the Lord more. At the end of her ministration, she said that it is the Lord speaking through her. She also gave a word of instruction to herself, telling the congregation to let her know the word of knowledge that came in for her. Because at that time, the spirit was in her. She did not or was not aware of anything that was happening. So, dear Global Baba, I need more understanding on the workings of the Holy Spirit in this type of scenario. I've been to churches in the past when during prayer sessions, someone would burst out from nowhere and be speaking in tongues saying, I am the Lord, and so on and so forth. How do we descend this scenario and know when the Holy Spirit is at work or just another manipulative evil spirit from somewhere? Tunde from Seattle, Washington, United States of America. Global Baba, you just would be shaping that up in your head while we go for this call. Hello. Hello, good evening. Hello, are you there? Hello? Okay, so Global Baba, let's go back to today. All right, so, well, first of all, I think the first thing is there's, a, there's immaturity, a degree of immaturity in the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. So I think your church or the people concerned will need some kind of teaching and some kind of training because prophecy has to be to edify, to comfort, and to build up. And when there is a multiplicity of people in a service prophesying, the spiritual authority over that church will have to be alert and take control so there is no chaos. Things must be done decently and in order. Secondly, when the prophecies are coming forth like that in their sequence, it is the job of the authority of the church to judge the prophecies. You have to judge them. And then when you judge the prophecies with the scriptures, you can now admonish the brethren. That word came from God and you can receive it. And anyone that didn't come from God, you'll be able to know. Because sometimes when you're prophesying, your emotions are part of it. Sometimes if you're not careful, even your own personal desires can get mixed in the prophecy. So that's why the prophecies must be judged. And then when there is spiritual authority overseeing the prophetic move of God in a service, you know, the Bible tells us that the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. If the man of God in charge finds out that things are going out of hand, he can interrupt that service and turn the attention from, you know, from the distraction that the enemy is trying to bring into something that is more edifying. Ultimately, at the end of the day, whether it is prophecy or tongues or songs in a service, it's supposed to be to edify, to build people up and charge people up and not to discourage or bring fear or bring intimidation to the people of God. So I think that place, there's need for more training in how to operate the gifts of the Spirit. Okay, staying on in the United States, we're breaking away now from counseling. We have this one coming from G. Hello, Mr. Bush and Dr. Damina. I thank God for this wonderful gathering. God bless you for the good job you both are doing. I'm writing from the United States, Indianapolis, to be specific. 
I need your prayers for my two children, five and six years, for complete healing. The doctors say they are autistic. They are very smart and intelligent, but they don't communicate verbally with us as much. They sometimes run out of the house, which is dangerous at their age. They scream uncontrollably and hit stuff. Please support us in prayers, G, in the United States. Father, we pray for the family of G. We pray for those children. We ask for a miracle, a miracle of healing. Whatever is abnormal, we command it corrected. Receive it now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's head out from the United States, from the Americas to Europe, Germany. Here we come. Hello, Dr. Ebel Damina and Mr. Bush. I'm tender. Tender. From Germany. <laughs> Thank you for all the answers. Question 1, John 5, 19 to 29. Global Baba, when Jesus talks about the death and the dead, is it Thanatos or Necros? Please, Global Baba, could you also enlighten verses 20, 27, and 28, 29? That's really long. That's Perhaps really when you're long. having your personal chat with him. Because yes. Some of this Tender, when we're having a chat, I will mm. read through and look at it together and I'll explain to you. Because, and Tender, just wait for Global uh, Baba's um, private call to you tonight. Yes. That's going to happen right at the top of the hour. Okay, so question two How can Christians or believers read these scriptures and still go after false teachers and doctrines? Question three Global Baba, which material, books, scriptures do you recommend that we use as we are reaching out to deliverance pastors and their followers? Thank you. I'm still looking forward to that special counseling over the Arkham. Tender tonight. Tonight, <laughs> we're going to call you together with the Absolutely. Intercontinental, Mr. Yes. Bush. Because we've been speaking about We've it. been talking about you, actually. The book I'll recommend is my book, Complete Bible Deliverance. Complete Bible Deliverance. And in this series I'm teaching, I'm going to be talking about deliverance holistically. That whole thing called deliverance. I'm going to do a lot of teaching on it in the course of this, you know, 30 days of teaching that we're on right now. So, you know, just follow the series. It will help you to know how to confront people that are into this deliverance. And the book to give to them is Complete Bible Deliverance. Okay, still, I, I don't know, I need to apologize to you. It looks like we're having some, uh, you know, challenge, uh, some challenges with our telephone line. But we'll see how that goes. Just keep trying. If you can squeeze in a call or two before we round off tonight, I'll be fine. But from Germany, we're heading straight out to Italy where Kesiko writes. I'm one of uh, Global Baba's sons online. I'm, I'm on Facebook, I'm on YouTube, I'm on Instagram, I'm Twitter. We'll keep sh sharing these messages everywhere and they have to accept it. Thank you so much, Global Baba. Your blessing, your blessing has um, reached me and I'm so grateful. Dear Mr. Bush, the correct man, I greet you, sir. Thank yes, you. Sir. Baba, my question is about this, our brother called Samson. By now, I've known that God doesn't kill. Sir, how will I explain to someone the verses in Judges chapter 14, 19, and then 15, 14. And saying the same thing. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon Samson. And any time the Spirit comes, the next thing Samson was doing was killing people. Sir, knowing that God doesn't kill, how will I explain this? So which of the Spirit was this? Second question. The same Judges in chapter 16, 20b says, but he didn't realize the Lord had left him. Sir, still help me explain this also. Thank you. So already you have your answer. It wasn't the spirit of God that was coming on something to kill. The spirit of God doesn't kill. However, something was already somebody that had physical might and strength and ability. And he was already stronger such that he could kill people when they engage him in physical fights. You know, and uh, when he's talking about the spirit of the Lord left something and the spirit of God was no more with something, all of that has to be explained in context. You must remember that the writings, the writings, God inspired the writings of all of those things, but God did not inspire the actions. 
So all of that has to be rightly divided in the light of Christ. What Christ cannot do, the spirit of Christ will not do through Samson. I will not do in Samson. I will not do with Samson. Your yardstick for checking all those actions and activities is Christ. Okay, I hear that finally we're able to get a call through. Hello. Are you there? Yes, I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the program. Thank you for joining us. Anyway, you're calling from, go ahead. Oh my goodness, he's enjoying the program. Yes, yeah, sure. The volume, <laughs> the volume of his radio set and then the delay and all of that. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I think some of those technical issues, we're going to yeah. sort them out. So just call us again. Okay, from um, Italy, I'm going straight to the UK. My name is David from the UK. God bless you for the work of God and um, teaching. But clearly that is for you. My question, what's your take on this? And SARS campaign. Aha, Global Baba. And SARS. Yes, and SARS. <laughs> <laughs> Global Baba, they have called at you. I was waiting. <laughs> I, I kept forgetting. I needed to ask you that. What do you think about it? And SARS is not the gospel, it's our social political responsibility in our society to ensure that we hold public officers accountable because it's our tax money that are using paying them and they're supposed to be serving us and hey if they are not doing their job there's no point for us to keep quiet so hey answers global barber yes the political global barber <laughs> <laughs> that's a fantastic answer yeah yes man yeah you're so politically correct. You know, the, the, no, and truly, that's yeah. just what it is. Yeah, that's, that's what, what it is. is. Yeah. So on the program, we're endorsing them. We're endorsing yeah. them. Ensas. And everyone is endorsing them. Everybody is endorsing them. Even the president. Ensas. Yeah. Police brutality in no way is, mm. is, 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 acceptable. Is, is acceptable in any society at all. They are there for us. I used to know back in the days, they used to say the police is your friend. friend yeah. I don't know where they have kept that so, one today. So, so, you know, yeah. But, you know, we, I also have been privileged to meet some really fantastic Fantastic police officers. Oh, there are some of them that are just wonderful. Mm. Some of them. And it's that how a few bad eggs will just can mess just up mess up. And I think it's because the authorities didn't hold accountable sure. those few bad eggs. So it becomes everybody's problem. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So from Europe, I think we should go to the Middle East. And I'm going to go to Cyprus first. Hello, Global Baba. Greetings from Cyprus. My name is Akaman Jumbo. I've been richly blessed by your teachings. I really want to thank you for exposing the truth of the gospel to me. Guru Baba, I wish you to pray for me as I'm waiting for a life-transforming email. Yes, um, Akama and Jomo, we're going to do that prayer. That um, Thanksgiving, you must call into this program and give the testimony. Amen. Okay, Global Baba. Father, we ask that that email your son is expecting is released right now. Amen. Receive it. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, still in the Middle East, we are in the UAE now. And it says, hello, Pastor. My name is Michael. I live in the United Arab Emirates. I'm really grateful to God for providing a true teacher of the gospel of Christ as yourself to us in this generation. Pastor, may God continue to bless you and uplift you in all ramifications. Amen. You've been a huge blessing to me and this generation and this generation at large. Pastor, please, I need your prayers. Before the 8th of this month of October, what today? What is today? This is really, this is taking some time. The UAE wasn't giving visas. Okay, that was, the UAE wasn't giving visas of any kind to Nigerians. Now the ban has been lifted, but for now they are only issuing visas, but not yet work and resident permits. 
uh, it should be residents, is it residents visas or residents visas? Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's really affecting me because my work visa is supposed to have been renewed, but no matter how much my boss tries, it's always been rejected because I'm a Nigerian and I can't work without it. Please, Pastor, pray for me and fellow Nigerians facing the same visa issues here that they make our work a residence um, visa so that we can go back to work. Thank you. Amen. Father, we ask that all of our brethren out there in the UAE and other nations who rely on the visas, work, work permits to be able to do their jobs, their legal jobs, we ask for a miracle that you will cause things to shift supernaturally, circumstances and situations that will favor their expectation. And we declare those visas released right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, flying back to Africa, direct away, I would like to go to Zimbabwe, just looking. Okay, here it is. Hello, Global Baba. My name is Blessed, um, uh, I don't know, it's a blessed office in Harare, Zimbabwe, so I would like to know this further. In volume 6 of Understanding the Book of Galatians, you said, I'm told, okay, you said the apostles were preaching Moses in Jerusalem. My elder is arguing with that, with that and says Stephen preached Christ. But was Stephen an apostle? Because I know from you and scripture that we don't ordain apostles. He goes on to say that they preached Christ, drawing from us chapters 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Please, can you help me by responding to me by email that I might show him light in this truth? How can I get your books here in Zimbabwe from the four new ones, you know, and the, the one entitled Christocentric Meal? Also, I would like to visit Power City even for just one service, but I don't have the money to fly there. I was hoping you could help me. Uh, Baba, for once, I will be waiting for your answers. Thank you. I honor you, sir. All right. Well, first of all, the apostles in Acts of the Apostles were transiting from the Old Testament to the New Testament. So they preach Christ, but a mixture. Sometimes they mix the gospel. Sometimes they preach Moses. For example, Ananias and Sapphira's killing was Peter applying the law of Moses in the New Testament. All right? And if you move further, you find out that in Acts chapter 15, they were still arguing whether believers can be allowed, whether Gentiles can be allowed to be believers, or they must be circumcised, or they must abstain from meat sacrifice to idols. All those were cross-testamental application. So they preached Christ, yes, but they also preached a mixture of Moses. It was the coming of Brother Paul into the church that brought the sanctity of sound doctrine and the New Testament, the teaching of the New Testament. So here there are a number of scriptures, you know, I've given you two. I've told you about Acts chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira. I've also told you about Acts chapter 15, where they were arguing on that Gentiles are not supposed to be brought into the church. In fact, at a point in Acts chapter 20 or 21, they said they should stone Paul because Paul is teaching the Jews to abandon Moses because they were really strong into the Mosaic teachings. So yes, it was a mixture because it was a church that was growing transiting from the old to the new testament from zimbabwe let's go to south africa just next door royal greetings dr abel damina hope this message finds you well i'm emailing from cape town south africa i've been listening to your teachings recently and i'm really really blessed i was i was reading my bible and came across matthew 7 21 to 22 i don't understand it very well my question is how is it possible for someone to perform miracles and cast out demons in his name and still not have a relationship with him, that's Jesus Christ. Please help. Well, well, it's possible because miracles are not exclusive to Christianity. Miracles are not exclusive to Christianity. Remember in the land of Egypt, where Moses came before Pharaoh, Pharaoh had magicians 
who brought their rods and performed all manner of miracles. That was not from God. And then Moses also performed a miracle that, you know, shut down their own miracles. So miracles are not exclusive to Christianity. That somebody is doing miracles doesn't mean it's from God. That is why the yardstick for knowing whether it is God or not is sound doctrine. The teaching of sound doctrine. Anywhere there is sound doctrine taught, you will know that in that place is the spirit of God at work. That's the yardstick for checking things. We're heading out of South Africa and we're going straight to Lesetho presently. First, let me just acknowledge that Pumunkala wrote that one from South Africa. So Lesetho next and hello, Global Baba from Lesetho. My name is Clara and you too, Mr. Michael Bush. I thank God for the spread of this revelation knowledge through you. Glory, I'm the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. God and I are an inseparable union. I live in him and walk in his realities. This has brought me total rest in Christ. My question, Global Baba, according to what you have just said in a particular teaching, that is the one on curses, is it only the unbelievers who are under a curse because their spirit is separated from God's? Yeah, from what I have said, fundamentally, that's how the curse operates. It operates in the house of a man who is without Christ. A child of God with Christ can never be under any curse. As we keep teaching, I will use scriptures and let the scriptures explain all of that to you. So keep following the, the series. Zambia, you are next. Be nice. Thank you, man of God, for the work you're doing. May God bless you and your family. Help me to understand James chapter 2, verses 14 to 16. My name is Michael Chisheta. From Zambia. James chapter 2, 14 to 16, if you can put it up for us on the screen. James, what does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he had faith and have not works? Can faith save him? 15. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food? 16. And one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled. Notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body. What does it profit? Brother James was talking about, you know, um, uh, Christian spiritual growth. That as you grow in the things of God, the love of God in your heart begins to find expression in reaching out to meet the needs of brethren and people around you. That as you grow in the things of God, your love will not be in words. It will have to translate from words into action. That's what Brother James was teaching in James chapter 2. Okay, we go to Ghana. Looks like that's where we're going to spend the night, even as uh, producer is gesticulating that we have just two minutes to say our bye-byes. I'm Richmond's Derry from Ghana. I'm an evangelist. I've been listening to your teaching, and since then I've increased in my faith and spirit. God richly bless you, Daddy. But there is a question people have been asking me, and I'm wondering if you could help me. I know when you are born of God, you receive the Holy Spirit. So after receiving the Holy Spirit, when you sin, does this mean that the Holy Spirit is no more in you? That's why you have sinned. Because the Bible says in 1 John 3, 9, no one who is born of God practices sin. Because his seed abides in him and he cannot sin because he's born of God. My second question, in Christianity, did we have, or should we, do we have a particular day as Sabbath, either Saturday or Sunday? And uh, it's first as Deuteronomy 5, 12 to 14 says, Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath, the day of the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your mom. Good day. Well, the Sabbath in the Old Testament was symbolic of Christ. Today, Jesus is our Sabbath. Jesus speaking said, man is not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is made for man. And I am the Lord of the Sabbath. So the Sabbath is a person. His name 
is Jesus. The first question the person asked was What about um, the Holy Spirit about sinning. Okay, yeah, sinning. What it means there is that a believer who is born of God does not habitually sin. That is, you don't sin as a lifestyle because you are not a sinner. You are a saint. However, believers do sin. And when you sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. That you committed sin or fell into sin mistakenly doesn't mean you have lost the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit stays with you and helps you out and gives you victory in your Christian life. So that's um, for you, Richmond Derry in Ghana. And uh, you've got to be nice, all of you in Ghana. We're spending the night with Global Baba with you. My name is Michael Bush. My producer, Pastor IJ Quera and the production team all joined me to wish you good night. But Global Baba, we'll have the Intercontinental, night. Mr. Bush. What a night, man. It's the third day gone now. The fourth, it just, day. The fourth day, you see. I think so, fourth. And it keeps going yes, like that. Yes. You know, well, it's been a wonderful time having all of you. Remember, we'll be live at 9 to 10 tonight on Inspiration FM. And tomorrow morning, Radio Aquaibom 11 to 1, 1 to 3 XLFM. 3 to 5, um, you, knew you, yeah, you know you, FM, 6 to 8, Comfort FM. We're live again tomorrow evening and then 8 tonight. And tomorrow is Pastor's Bible Study. Pastor's Bible Study. All pastors in the state who want to study with us and ask questions is 11 a.m. right here at Power City International, 98 Waniba Road. We'll be studying together and answering questions at pastor's level. We love you guys. I'm glad to have Dr. Gabriel here with me all the way from Kaduna tonight. We love you. Thank you guys for stopping by. And everybody else, enjoy the rest of your day and be blessed. Good night from Uyo, Nigeria. Amen.